Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it is replayed on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also hear this show on uh, Potomatic.com. Just go to Camp Constitution, and you'll find the program there, usually within a reasonable time, maybe several days to a week. You'll find this show as well uh, as well as um, many other uh, shows that we have, and some classic interviews of folks like Gary Allen and Alan Stang and, and many others. Uh, also on our YouTube channel, which uh, you can get our YouTube channel, uh, Camp Constitution, and we encourage you to subscribe. This show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which among other things runs a family camp, a week-long family camp. And our next camp is going to cut coming right up. It's going to be from August 5th to the 11th in, uh, at the Lakeside Christian Camp and Conference Center in beautiful Pittsfield, Massachusetts. And we have a great lineup of instructors this, uh, this uh, year, as we do every year, including Lord Christopher Moncton and Chris Ann Hall and Dr. Duke Pesta and Professor Willie Soon. So looking forward to it. And we also have a weekend camp in central Maine, coastal Maine, where this show is broadcast. Actually, the show is broadcast out of Monticello, Maine, on WBCQ, The Planet. And I have a, a, a guest on today. Uh, Barbara, are you there? Nope, I don't she's not called in yet. I Barbara? have called in. Hello, oh, there you yes. are. Okay. I'm having a little trouble with the uh, with the computer. I don't see. I couldn't see that you're calling, but I think we're recording anyway. I hope we are. But uh, okay. Barbara from Harlem, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, thank let you me for give you. Me. Yeah, let me give you a little introduction uh, before we start our our interview. Um, you, I have known about you for a while. Uh, you are you're sort of a regular guest at tea party rallies. Uh, radio shows, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and just last week we were we had a table at the um, the fifth annual Flag Day Second Amendment rally in Belchertown, Massachusetts, and that's where I met you. And I, yes. I heard you give a, a relatively short speech, and I said, "Boy, this is a one special lady." And I gave a little interview at your at your table, which is on our YouTube channel. And I got a copy of your very interesting book, Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to uh, where you are today. Well, I was uh, born in Harlem, and I'm a black woman. And, of course, in my community, black equals becoming a Democrat. So at the time when I became 21, that 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 time before the age was lowered by um, Senator Ted Kennedy, I had to wait until I was 21 to register to vote. And all I knew was what I was taught and what I heard in my community it was a bunch of groups think you always vote for the Democrats because the Republicans are racist, the Republicans are for the rich people, et cetera, et cetera. So I followed that for years until I had a problem with my personhood. And I started looking at why did I vote the same way all the time, and that changed my life. Hmm. Um, 
Yes. It, it, I think it takes a certain amount of courage to um, sort of break the mold, or I, I call it a um, an intellectual uh, closed shop. Uh, and it's it's that way in some communities uh, uh, that are made up of mainly white people, but in yes. the black community, it's a little, especially, you know, I have to say this, even in many of the black churches, many of the black oh, yes. churches are, they're Bible-believing, they'll preach the gospel, they believe in salvation and all of the... Uh, you know the trinity, trinity, the, the trinity, and all the all the things that Christians believe. But then they'll support politicians whose views are totally incompatible with Christian doctrine, and who adamantly support they support abortion, they support the yes. sexual agenda, agenda, and it's almost as if like it's not talked about. It's just we vote this way because that's the way we've always done. And what's very fascinating is that. The Republican Party, it was started in 1856, yes. or a little bit before yes. that. Yes. Uh, for the first few generations after that, a black person in Republican politics was synonymous. And I do have to point out that um, there's a lot of bad Republicans, too. And just being a Republican doesn't mean you're a conservative and a patriot and a, a godly Absolutely. individual. The party is full of leftists, and they work very closely with the with the Democrats. So um, uh, what, what uh, I, I, as I'm reading your book, you gave an account of um, you faced discrimination, you faced racism. So talk a little bit about that, if you could. Well, on a very limited scale, you know, I mean, you know, when people keep emphasizing discrimination, racism, I think that's over-exaggerated. Yes, I did have an incident with a member of the KKK, um, but, Overall, I mean, my husband and I, when we were together, back in the early 60s, we purchased a home in Queens Village, Long Island, in an Italian neighborhood. No one burned a cross on our yard or anything. Uh Yes, that happened in the 70s where I went to talk with a man who was a Caucasian, and my brother and I, and he drew a gun on us, and he shot my brother. Then he turned his gun on me and shot me. He said, I'm going to kill you two black monkeys. Mm. And, and that was probably the only time in my life I've ever been called a black monkey. And I was only called a nigger recently by a, a black woman. Mm, interesting. And I lived in, in, in the South for 14 years. But um, I'm an adamant believer of our Second Amendment rights because if I did not have my gun, even though I was shot, I still managed to get my gun, and I stopped him from shooting my brother. He was aiming at my brother to shoot my brother again, and my brother was already badly wounded. He lost one of his kidneys behind that. Mm. And if I wasn't able to hurry up and get my gun from my glove compartment and shoot at the man who was going to shoot my brother again, then my brother probably would have been killed on the spot um, so the guy turned back and he shot me again, and then I shot him again, and it was a regular shootout. Hmm. And then, yes, I was threatened by the KKK. You know, they called me and would tell me that you're going to die tonight. Well, at that time, you know, I was living in Florida, so I could purchase guns, you know, so I had a rifle, I had a forty five, et cetera, in my house. I was well armed, and I had clips and everything. So when they would call me and tell me that I was going to die tonight, I said, bring it mm-hmm. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that reminds me of a that reminds me of a story, and I shared this with you in a, a recent conversation. Yes. I visited yes. the uh, Motown Museum, which is the location of the original uh, Motown uh, record company in uh, right. Detroit. And there was a nice young man uh, that was giving a little talk about uh, giving us a tour. And he yes. said that the Motown, uh, they were their musicians. He said they were very well liked in the early days before the drugs and other problems, which affect too many musicians. He said they were clean cut, they were wholesome, and they were uh-huh. fine, fine musicians. And he said that um, they were, had some gigs in the South, and they would drive down. And, and that, by the way, when I say the South, that doesn't mean that every single white person is a racist, and that's all they did was shoot oh, at absolutely people. Absolutely not, but, right. Uh, even in, you know, for years. But anyway, um, so he said some Klansmen took shots at the bus. So he said, but it wasn't much of a problem. He said, we just shot back, and that was the end of that. That was but the end of he, that. And then he mentioned, too, he mentioned there was a hotel in uh, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, uh-huh. that they had contracted. And it was an all-white, you know, segregated hotel. Uh, and, of course, yeah. a lot of these places would hire black musicians, you know. It didn't matter, but the blacks couldn't even stay in some of these hotels. Uh, but he said that they broke the contract, just, uh, hey, we, you know, we just don't want you anymore. It's, you know, we're, we're all white and so forth. Instead uh, of uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, angry marches and demonstrations, three or four years later, they oh, maybe it was a little more than they end up buying the hotel. Oh, so in oh, the free oh, market, oh, oh. they bought the hotel, yes. you know? Yes, yes. And, um, yes. and, you know, I look at Jim Crow laws, and you address those in your book. That's really yes. a form of socialism. Uh, it was, yes, it, it was the state or local town ordinances that say you cannot allow certain people to come into your store to contract. Well, I believe right. in freedom, and I knew it the same way. I remember Walter Williams, uh, whom I really admire. He was filling in for Rush Limbaugh, whom I don't admire right. as much. And some, uh, some fellow, a handicapped fellow, called up, and he says, well, Lisa, he was trying to equate being handicapped to being black. Well, that to me is an insult to begin with. It you know? is an insult. And, you know, uh, uh, but uh, he said, uh, well, how would you think if uh, you know, white people don't want you coming into their restaurant? He said, if a white man doesn't want me in his restaurant, I don't want to be in I don't want to eat in his restaurant. I don't want to buy his product. That's right. You know? Absolutely. So that's freedom. And I, and, you know, I, I was reading, um, you probably read Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery. Oh, yeah. His autobiography. Well, one of the things that hit me in that book is that he said that the group of whites that helped him the most wasn't the, uh, the pious uh, uh, Yankee who was, you know, passing judgment on all the evil Southerners, but it was the former slave owners. They donated wow. the most money. They did the most to help. Obviously, they were yes. right there. You know, so they yes. had a they had a vested interest in this. And, you know, the narrative is that every single slave owner, what they weren't raping the black slave women, they were whipping the wind. And again, that wasn't that wasn't the case. Uh, that it that did happen to some extent. But that's right. That's uh, right. But, now, you know uh, what, but you know what? The whole thing about it is that, you know, it, it was wicked. But God saw everything and he allowed it to happen for a period of time. But look what good, look at all of the good that came out of that. Look well, you have a chapter. People... You yes, have I a do. chapter in your book, and uh, I, I definitely want to talk about that. Thank God yes. for slavery. That is a yes. really difficult, if I said that, uh, you know, yes, I'm going to be hounded out of public life. <laughs> but you said, I've heard uh, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm, is it McLittle? Uh, was another, I think that's his name. I haven't heard much about him lately, but he said the same okay. thing. So uh, tell us. Uh, so tell us what uh, 
you know, what brought you to make a comment like that? Well, number one, I had an uncle who lived up in the Bronx, Uncle Richie. And when you read the book, you'll see that he escaped from Rikers Island, et cetera. He saved me. Oh, I, almost was... <laughs> I almost drowned in the in the Harlem River, Hudson River. And um, one day I was up at his house, and he was, you know, up in age. And we were just talking. He was talking about his, his mother, which is my grandmother, and his grandmother, who was my great-grandmother. And he said mm-hmm. she always had a Bible in her hand, even when she was out there picking peas. And then he just said, thank God for slavery. I said, Uncle Richie, what do you mean by that? He says, if it wasn't for slavery, where would we be? What will we be doing? So I thought about that. You know, I left the house and I thought about that because I'd never heard a black person say that before. And as I grew and as I thought about it, I started realizing what a blessing through all of that horror. What a blessing for me a black woman to be born in America. And then the thing about it, if black people say that they love God, how can they keep whining and crying about something that he allowed? How can you love somebody if you keep blaming them for something that was horrific? It was horrible. But mm-hmm. there was a plan. You know, the Bible tells us all things work together for good. And slavery work together for good. We were born in a we are born in a country where we have freedoms and liberties that I don't believe we have any place else. And the proof of the pudding, why do Africans why are they living in Israel? Why are they going to Paris? On hundred and sixteenth Street in Harlem they a lot of them live there. They've taken over that whole street. And in other places of Harlem, they have left Africa and they're living here a life that they can't live in Africa. So thank God for slavery. Well, one of the interesting things is that uh, Haitians are coming into the United States. Now, if the narrative is correct, as the uh, the people on the left say, that our country is full of white racists, we've got a dictator in office who uh, is just a horrible racist, and his whole administration is designed to uh, to enslave and make life miserable for minorities, for browns, for blacks, and liberal whites, etc. Then why are people coming into this, risking their lives and their That's children's right. lives to come to this right. evil, horrible, racist country? You would think Absolutely. Uh, to be under the thumb, under the autocratic thumb of this wicked Donald Trump. You would think that they would they would start leaving the United States and going to Mexico or going to Canada. Right. Or going to right. Germany, where things are so wonderful and lovely. So uh, something's wrong with this narrative here. And in fact, I've been having this running debate—not uh, debate, but uh, the city councilor had bought Boston is typical of most larger left-wing-run cities, you know, where they yes. uh, they have more, they have more interest. They, they can't pick up my recyclables on time. It sat out here for four days, but they can make they can make strong stands against. Um, a, a legal policy that's happening in Texas or on the border states. And uh, so I, I brought that up. You know, I said, well, wait a minute now. Uh, and the same people, it's interesting, too, on the gun issue. Uh, yes. They, the, after we, they have these shootings in schools or nightclubs, and they don't blame the individuals. They don't blame the big pharmacy that gives these folks psychotropics that messes up their minds so they do the outrageous right. and horrible things. They blame this inanimate object, and they say we need the federal government to have more more power to take these these strip these guns away. So you're saying is that you want Donald Trump? 
You want his administration to come in and take your guns away? Wait a minute now. If Donald Trump is an awful dictator, don't you think you should be armed and to, to, you know, to oppose right. his right. dictatorship? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, one thing about these liberal policies, they don't make any logical sense. And lying is part of their natural fiber. They're going to <laughs> lie. They're going to exaggerate. They're going to twist things up. And we have to keep level heads, press forward try our best to get them out of every elected office. They don't even deserve to be a dog catcher. They would mess that up. <laughs> Period. Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, we are a nation of laws. We are a republic yes. uh, based yes. where the rights of the minorities are protected by the whim of the majority. Right. And I mean, when I say minority, I don't necessarily mean blacks or Hispanic. I know what you mean. But I right. mean, yeah, anyone who doesn't support the people in power. Uh, right. The president has very. The president's job is to enforce the laws made by you know. Sign, he he signs laws or vetoes them, and he's supposed right. to enforce the law. And yes. even if you don't like the law, and there's some laws that should be changed or repealed. I'm sure there's a. I know there's a lot of laws that should be repealed. But if right. we're going to if we're going to have laws, they need to be enforced and obeyed. So yes. we have an immigration law, and he's simply doing what he was elected to do. He said, I'm going to crack down on this. We're not going to have open borders. And we're going to put the interest of the American people first. That rubbed the left the wrong way because they put the interest of American people last. Yes, they do. They want to build up their voting bloc. And that's why our previous so-called president said America is not defined by borders. How dare him? And I find that to be so insulting. We are not just a vast wasteland. We are a sovereign nation. That's right. And the other thing, too, is that uh, Obama was seemed to be uh, helping the he – was, he was doing the bidding of the internationalists more than he was helping Absolutely. people. And, again, his job isn't – you know, a president's job isn't to create jobs. It's pretty much to make sure that people are left alone so they can create the jobs. That's right. You know, and, and do right. what's, what's needed. But this That's immigration correct. policy, it's more harmful to people at the lowest rung of the economic ladder. And Absolutely. And we, we – you know, we, we, instead – I'm, I'm kind of concerned that some of these Republicans who are so wishy-washy, oh, we'll just give in. Um, no. First off, uh, there was a recent Rasmussen poll, I'm pronouncing it right, uh, only 34% of the Americans support, um, buy into this notion that these poor children are, be, are, be, are, are being abused by the administration, that most That's Americans crazy. have wised up to it, uh, that they yes. know something's not right. And The Democrats caused this. The Democrats that, caused all of this. That's mess. right. And by the way, I, I, as I pointed out earlier, there are a lot, Republicans like George W. Bush really wanted open borders. Yes, and that's thankfully, and you know what's interesting too, people in both parties. Now I live in Boston. Boston, I if I looked at the re, the election results for the last presidential election. The population yes. in Boston is about six hundred and fifty thousand, between six hundred and six hundred and fifty thousand. Just a small drop compared to New York City. Of that, right. of that figure, there were t- over 220,000 people that voted for Hillary, but 38,000 voted for Donald Trump. And wow. there aren't that many Repub- registered Republicans in Boston. So a lot of Democrats voted for Trump. So he must be saying some things that are resonating well with him, with the American people. And 
I've never seen in, you know, I, I'm 59. I've been sort of following things since 1980 when I first pulled the lever after I got out of the right. army. Uh, uh, okay. I've never seen so much support uh, for any candidate, for any president by black people in the black community than Donald Trump. It's really amazing there. And a lot of people like, and again, I am, I've got some issues with Mr. Trump. I think most people who are constitutionalists do, but yes. overall what I see, I, you know, I don't dislike what a lot of what I see, you know, from the, from the first thing he did as executive order, getting us out of this, uh, these uh, trans-Pacific partnership agreements that it was Wonderful. setting the tone. He was setting That's the tone. Right. We're not going to play when not what Americans, Americans come first. And then he opened up the, he uh, repealed the EPA regulations, unconstitutional that closed the mines and the coal mines in West Virginia. West Virginia was, was a solid Democrat state. And, right. with, and he, when Hillary said, um, we're going we're gonna to put these people out, out of business, ha, 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 yeah. I don't think she's getting too many people, Democrats, or West, and I think he got, then he went to West Virginia like by 80%, 80, 20. It was, uh, it was, it was a, something like that. I know he lost it was a, in Virginia because of McCullough. Yeah, it was amazing. So anyway, um, uh, now you've been traveling. Have You travel around the region. Uh, you live in New York City. Do you travel around the country or pretty much in the region? Well, I have had the opportunity to, you know, to go out to Missouri, places like that, and uh, uh-huh. You know, I'm going, well, you know, and, um, up, you know, up one or two other places and a lot of places in New Jersey, down in Egypt, New Jersey, in places you've never even heard of. I know. But, I, well, actually, so we have some, some of our campers and families uh, live in Egypt, New Jersey. So oh I know. I know. Really? <laughs> yeah. The, the, way, their last way, name way, is way, Kiernan. In fact, yeah. um, one of the members of the family works for ICE at the Mexican border, you know, so uh, wow. he, at least a he was. I don't know if he's still there. Yeah. And right, it's sort right. of interesting. You know, it's interesting, right. too, uh, when um, ICE, now now they can do their job where they weren't allowed Thank to do God. their job. It must be so frustrating to, you know, to, to take an oath to, to defend the country, and then you have to let look the other way and let all these people in That's and let true. them go, what have you. Yeah. That's it's true. quite fascinating. And, and you know, once when, when they had that case with Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, I went down to Sanford, Florida, and I was over there by the courthouse, and I interviewed four black men. I said, well, what do you think about the case? You know what those men were telling me? You know what what? they said? I can't get a job and pay my car note because all of these Mexicans are coming in. They have the jobs. I went to another black man. I said, well, what do you think about Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman? Listen, I'm trying to pay my rent, and I can't find the job. Everything that came out of the mouth of those four black men involved not being able to get a job, wanting to work, and the jobs were being given to the immigrants that came here, I think illegally, and they would get paying them much less than the American workers. I didn't hear anything about Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. All Isn't I that heard something? Was, they were more. They were more. It's almost. I mean, it was a sad incident. And um, then we. Our black people in particular, I'm sorry to cut you off, need to wake up because when these entry level, I think I'm saying that right, jobs are taken by people who have come here illegally, that young mother who says, well, I want to try to work and get out of this project and make a life for my children, that job is gone. Somebody who's done time in prison who's trying to integrate back into society, he needs that job first before 
anybody who snuck across our border gets that job. So these people who are putting the immigrants first before they're thinking about American citizens, all of them need to be recalled, retired, and put out of office. And start with was, Elizabeth Warren. It was, well, we hope so. There's, there are there are a couple of half decent candidates. You might have met one, uh, one or two of them at the rally that are uh, going yeah. against Elizabeth. And here now, here's a woman that took advantage of all these minority set aside type programs yes, and did. claimed that she was of uh, American Indian extraction. Yes. There's a man running against her who's actually from India. He's uh, grew up here, but he came over here as a young boy. Um, and right. he said, uh, you know, he said, I'm a real Indian. It's time for a real Indian instead of a fake Indian. <laughs> that's, that's right. You're right about that's that. Right. She's a, she's a, she is a real fake. And that's why yeah. she won't take DNA. That's right. That, that's, that's right. So, in fact, he sent this fellow's name. I'm Cherokee and Blackfoot, and you can take my take my DNA anytime, and I know you'll see it. She's well, nothing but... I may have a little. I may have a little. Uh, at least I'm short lips, Mary. You know, because we're an old family from uh, from Plymouth, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. So we've got a little bit of, you know, all, all the strains. That I think a few of us married some blacks, and we married Portuguese. Yeah. And I actually had a. I used to work with a. He's a distant relative. I, he's since passed away, but he was very swarthy, and people thought okay. that I was Portuguese because he looked Portuguese. I said, No, neither one of us are Portuguese. Where. <laughs> But there's nothing wrong with being Portuguese, but I'm just not Portuguese, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, one of the things that I learned as a, as a young man, I lived during the force busting era in Boston, where there was okay. a lot of racial turmoil. And it was almost as if uh, the, you know, the, the, the powers that be, the elites, they, they passed these laws, unconstitutional. And yeah. we, they were in, in our, the school I went to, the junior high school, was sort of run down. We loved the okay. school, but the building was run down. The books were old. Uh-huh. Then, forced, then all of a sudden, we were going to have this forced busing. All of a sudden, the repairs are made and the books are new. So uh, <laughs> it kind of works both ways, too, sometimes. Yeah. But I yeah. saw how I, – I, I'm of the opinion that, the, that all of a sudden, we see Klansmen. We see the neo-Nazis. We see the Progressive yeah. Labor Party. The con- I'm of the opinion that these folks were, folks were working together. You know, they met somewhere and said, "Look, you guys are you guys are going to be the white racist. We're going to be the the far right. left." And right. they caught you know, and these groups came in, and where you had um, you know, where you had very few racial incidents, we had turmoil, yeah. we had curfews, we had people beaten, we had a black man beaten, pulled out of his cab uh, uh, and wow. beaten uh, to an inch of his life. Then uh, and then a, a white guy is in the black neighborhoods, and and he gets beaten and he dies and you had a, a white man being stoned to death at, uh, while he was fishing, and uh, you know just some ugly things that went on. Ugly, and yeah. and it was uh, and people just got caught up in the emotion, and that's when I and I never forget I saw this neo-Nazi hate bus, and all these guys came out and they're wearing these black Gestapo uniforms or SS uniforms. I saying this, and I'm I'm only fifteen or sixteen. I said this stuff costs money. You know where the heck they right. get the money for these things? You know, and uh, it's and. Uh, so I think a lot of this is the the, the enemies of America want yes. racial turmoil, and they want a race war. I'm yes. convinced of that, or else they would be going their utmost to promote all of the negative things about this country. They are so evil. They are demonically influenced, and that's the, they're working the plan of the devil. And that's well, why that's what what, what does the Bible the say? 
there, what was it? Uh, that there are five things the Lord hates, and so many are an abomination. A lying right. tongue, fee, yes. fee, uh, the, uh, the sowing discord among brothers. If we're fellow Christians, and I learned That's this right. because growing up in the force busting era, I had some racist uh, views, not based on the thought that somehow we're superior, but it was more of survival. Uh, but okay. when I became a born again believer, and I'm going to a church, and this this black fellow calls me brother, he's saying that I'm a brother in the Lord. And if I yes. believe, I believe in creation, and uh, God doesn't make inferior human beings. No, He doesn't. Uh, we no, might make choices. We make make bad choices. So if that's the case, then when when a Christian calls me a brother in the Lord, it doesn't matter whether he's black, Chinese, you know, Asian, Absolutely. that he's a brother Absolutely. or sister in the Lord. And that's, so that's the way we need to look at it. You know, I think it, it was is. Pastor, the Pastor Rumbron who said, um, you know, when, when I was being tortured by the communists and, uh, and they were beating my feet, well, how come my lungs cried out or my, you know, my, my, I, because he said the feet are part of the body. So we're all yeah. part of the body of Christ. And we have, we have an interest in looking out and protecting each other, helping each other. That's, that's what we like to do. In Camp Constitution, we like to have a class about famous uh, patriots, black patriots of the American Revolution. We like to point out that you honor the memory of these brave people who died or oh, wounded absolutely. or risked their lives. When you, when you stay with the – you promote freedom and liberty and the values that made this country great. That is how and, you serve. The, that's the best absolutely. way to serve the Lord. Absolutely. When we remember the Judeo-Christian values, then all of this hatred would dissipate. And, you know, people right. that go to church, I feel so very sorry for them, you know, especially in the black community, because you're not worshiping God in spirit and in truth. If you go into church singing, clapping your hands and stomping your feet, but then talking about uh, um, racism, discrimination and hating white people. And then what would get me is that they want us to hate former slave owners who have long ago met their master. They're long, long dead. As you, dead. It's as like you've been, we're worshiping them. Barbara, we have That's about right. 30 seconds left. Uh, how can people find out about you, get in touch with you, get a copy of your wonderful book? Well, uh, they can go to any of the outlets, you know, like Barnes & Noble. Amazon. Uh, Amazon, that's correct. And um, Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations by Barbara from Harlem. Even if they just type in Barbara from Harlem, the book will come up. And I just and if you go that- if you if you if you go to YouTube, just put in Barbara from Harlem, and you'll probably have a thousand videos that pop up, right? <laughs> yes, there are a few of them. Yes, yes. And uh, I yes. do want to extend an invitation to you and your love, uh, lovely uh, daughter um, to come to camp this year. And I'll talk. You know, I'll get a hold of you over that. Would love to have you. For the whole week or a day or two. Oh, that sounds good. All right. Did yeah. were you able to use my email because the email should be working, Barbara? From I did send. I did. Yes, okay. I did send it. So, all right. Well, thank f- folks, thank you for listening to uh, Camp Constitution Radio with your host Hal Shirtless on WBCQ The Planet. And until next week, may God richly bless you. Good night now. And may, and may God bless America. <laughs>